Welcome to Mafia, a new podcast telling stories of America's criminal underworld. Gotti assumed the position of head of the Gambino family. And using the name Donnie Brasco, I was able to infiltrate the uh, Bonanno uh, crime family in New York City. Bugsy Siegel is an American mob legend. One man changed the whole texture and landscape of crime in America. Listen to Mafia every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows. Welcome to Travel First with Chris Coleman and Alex First. Well, we are at episode 13. Now, we are talking about Travel First. And I I just was wondering about this. My name's Alex First, and shortly I'll be joined by Chris Coleman. But I'm not sure whether it's still superstitious and most hotels don't have a 13th floor. What do you reckon, Chris? Is that an old wives' tale, or does that still exist in the year 2016? I, I, I certainly recall one hotel on my recent trip to America where there was no 13th floor, and I, I was kind of tickled by that. Uh, I've also been in hotels in Australia where there is no 13th floor. So if you like, you can call this Travel First Edition 12B. Thank you very much indeed. I like that. I, I dare say that... Obviously, that suspicion will be around for a long time. I wonder how many hotels actually do have a 13th floor now that we come to talk about it. But I last week I was, I was telling you that I was on an SAS flight from, well, we, we were going, last week we were at the Ice Hotel, if you remember, and I was at a place called Karuna. And I flew back, SAS flight, to Stockholm, and then we are on a Finnair flight to Helsinki, some more time on the ground, another Finnair flight to Copenhagen. There we go. So Wonderful, wonderful Copenhagen. Copenhagen, exactly. And what, 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 what show was that in? I don't remember. I'm There's sorry. a song. Is yeah. there, well, maybe you can Google it while we're talking. I'll, I'll look it look up. Look it up. I was immediately taken by the thoroughly modern Copenhagen airport. Now, you don't normally notice airports, I suppose, in that way, but I, I really did. A number of what I would call unique shops, which we, I say unique because we hadn't found them anywhere else in any other airport. There was a special licorice shop. Are you a licorice fan? Oh, I love licorice and, and European licorice, the, the salty style. Mm. Yeah, now you're talking. Founded in 2007, right, the, the, this particular licorice shop. Really liked it. Very, very good. We were delighted to see another shop selling Lego, of course, one of Denmark's great inventions and exports. And, and and built to tolerances of, of yeah, unbelievable accuracy. Well, that that's one thing about it. The other thing that I really liked is, you know how you buy Apple products around the world, they're supposedly the same price. Same goes mm-hmm. with Lego. Don't think you can go to Denmark and buy cheap Lego. Lego is quality. And, and if you step on it barefoot at 2 o'clock in well, the morning, you'll know about yes, it. Yes, indeed. And my wife bought, well, how do I describe this? I found it unusual. She brought a lime green rubber-coated silver watch. I'll get that again. Lime green rubber-coated silver watch. Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, no, good man. I said, really? But she wears it daily. So she obviously, you know, to each their own. Um, it was clearly on sale because nobody else was willing to buy it, but my wife thought it was rather special. And it is. Whatever floats your boat. Exactly. So, darling, good on you. I, I, yes, I say nothing more. You're a brave man. <laughs> yes. Now, we, we went onto a train from the airport past the central Copenhagen train station 
and onto a station called Austinport. And that was near our hotel. We stayed in the Adena Apartment Hotel. You may remember the name Adena because it's an Australian company headquartered in Sydney. Mm -hmm. And anyway, this was the property first outside Australia and extremely comfortable, 128 rooms over eight floors, all with their own private balconies. And in uh, it's been going around about by now just over 11 years. There was 102 one-bedroom apartments, six two-bedroom apartments, 20 studio rooms. And the Adena Apartment Hotel also had its own gym, which I liked, indoor heated swimming pool. Bear in mind this was midwinter. Jacuzzi and sauna, a couple of conference rooms, and it, these conference rooms can total about 180 people if you want to cater for them. And they were um, when when we were there, they were planning to renovate it. So if you go along now, you'll probably get a a virtually brand spanking new looking hotel. So new carpet and furniture and curtains and the lobby and new TV sets and new IT system, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now, I loved the food they served me each morning as part of the buffet breakfast that we enjoyed. Now, the bit part of being in an apartment hotel is laundry facilities. Indeed, in your room, no less. Washing and drying along with cooking facilities. So we took full advantage because when you're travelling, you know what it's like. You know, you, I mean, you don't want to have to go and find a laundry, laundromat somewhere, do you? And, and lug your stuff around. So that was luxury as far as I'm concerned. So, I, by the way, I, I wanted to, before I go on in detail talking about Copenhagen, I, I wanted to talk about the, you know, I mentioned the licorice. I don't think I've tasted better licorice. I, I mean really? that, yeah. We're talking top-notch Scandinavian sweets here. And what can be achieved when using licorice as a spice? Now, that's not something I'd thought about. I'll, I'll, I'll mention the brand because I'm, I just think it's something to watch out for when you're going through the airport. It's called Lacrids, L-A-K-R-I-D-S. The man behind it is Johan Bulow, and he wanted to turn licorice into a gourmet experience. And I reckon from tasting what he's come up with, he's well and truly succeeded. So I mentioned at the outset he started the business in 2007, and his delicacies include sweet licorice coated in white Belgian chocolate and passion fruit. Licorice, Ooh. very nice. Licorice covered, and you, uh, yes, there were certain samples, shall we say. <laughs> licorice covered in dark chocolate containing roasted coffee and salty, chilli, cranberry licorice. Just that's another, you know, so really unusual combinations, but it worked beautifully. And so, so after you'd been to the licorice shop and rolled yourself down the street yes. afterwards. Lacrids, L-A-K-R-I-D-S, yes. <laughs> yes. Well, after, we then decided to, to investigate the rest of Copenhagen. We, we spent, I reckon, because our baggage must have been going around for over two hours, Chris. We, didn't, we couldn't get out of the, the airport. Well, we, we could, but we did, chose not to. We was, so so you, you, you left your baggage on the, on the yeah. carousel and you've gone off, oh, dear, that's taking a chance. Well, we didn't, no, no, we didn't actually get out of the airport. Oh, okay. We were in, this was in our the arrivals area. Oh, so you so you you've, you've got your luggage, yeah. and then you you've, you've taken your luggage. No, shopping. no, no, we haven't no. got our luggage. Oh, okay. So, oh, so you're waiting for your luggage? No, we didn't get down to wait to the luggage because as you left the plane, all of these great shops were there. 
I mean, it's, that's a, see, that's a trap. That is a real trap. Uh, I loved it. I, I, nowhere else, <laughs> anywhere in our travels, did we get we we were immediate because. Let's be honest, when you go to a lot of shopping centres, they're like every other shopping centre and you've got your big brands and all that sort of stuff. What I loved about Copenhagen is that, I mean, where else are you going to get a lime green watch? Where else are you going to get, you know, these these special treats that I've just talked about? You know, Lego, yes, you can get it elsewhere, but it's not Lego in Denmark. You know, so you know, we, spent, we spent a couple of hours in the airport. In the airport. So, I mean, hats off to Copenhagen. They've done it darn well. And it's it's modern. It's ultra-modern. It's great. Really good. And the shops look... This is the first time. This, I think this is the first time we've ever reviewed an airport. <laughs> yes, on, yes, on... it is. It is. But, you know, I mean, it's what... Because isn't it the unexpected, the surprises? And it's hardly what you would have thought. But, yeah, it's, well, in the sense that you, you usually can't, you know, you, you're tuckered, you can't wait to, to go off. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think... In fact, when we say that, we'd been travelling for quite some time because, you know, we'd caught all these planes, etc. And, well, in fact, I'm looking back at my itinerary. We were flying for 11 and a quarter hours before we spent two hours at the airport. So that's how good it was, right? We, we had three different planes and we got to the airport and we couldn't leave. <laughs> anyway, eventually... Eventually, we made it to the Adina Apartment Hotel. As I say, we then then mm. caught trains and, and and got there, and that was that. Was... So, did you take the metro from the airport to the hotel? Or... Yeah, we we, we, we right. caught um yeah, we, which was great. I mean, we did that wherever we could. We we caught a local train and uh, from the airport past, as I say, Central Copenhagen train station, and on to this this other station called Austinport, which was close to the Adina Apartment Hotel that I I mentioned before. So, let me tell you a little bit about, I suppose. Copenhagen. It was founded as a... Hey, Alex, tell us a little bit about Copenhagen. I'm so pleased you asked me the question. Founded as a Viking fishing village in the 10th century. And it actually became the capital of Denmark of oh, early 15th century. So they had to wait 500 years. Population around about a couple of million. Mm-hmm. And Denmark's population, I'm talking about Copenhagen, and Denmark has just over 5.6 million. There are 406 islands. So that you, you couldn't even do it in a year if you spent a day on each island. The Global Peace Index rates Denmark as one of the world's most beautiful countries. And in 2013, Transparency International, there is an organisation called Transparency International, named Denmark the world's least corrupt country. I reckon I'd, I'd go with that. I think that's a nice moniker to have. Well, why not? And. Princess Mary is is, is Denmark, isn't she? She is Princess Mary Denmark. And I, well, I must have told you this story. If not, I'm telling it again. I used to work with a nice guy who was going out with Mary before she was Princess Mary. And she's a lovely girl, lovely girl. And, um, yeah, I remember we had company dinners and, yeah, we socialised with her and she was just every ordinary day citizen Mary. So there you go. So that, that's as close to royalty as I've ever got. So you couldn't cash in on that and get a, an invitation to the palace while you were in Denmark? I should have tried. You should have I tried. Should've, you really should have yeah, had a yeah, go. I wasn't, geez, I wasn't really thinking, was I? Copenhagen is known as one of the most environmentally friendly cities in the world as well. And it was the official European green capital 
Uh, it was either because I, I'm sort of losing track of dates. 2014, I believe, it was the European Green Capital. So there we go. It's got 390 kilometres of bike lanes with traffic lights just for bicycle riders. So that's a great way to see Copenhagen and get fit at the same time. Mm-hmm. Did you did you do the bike thing? No, we just looked at it. We, okay, right. we took lots of good shots of bicycles. We walked everywhere, okay. apart from when we got on the train with our our belongings. Well, we walked as far as we could. You can reach most parts of the city by bike within 10 minutes, which is pretty good, or about 30 minutes if you walk. I think that's fabulous. That's great. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's a, it did seem to have a lot of lot of people that they didn't seem to be as portly as in some other countries. I mean, that's just a general observation. Maybe that's totally wrong, but, uh, gee, there were bikes everywhere. Amazing. And we, we, we were met by a representative of Visit Denmark, who'd uh, prepared a detailed itinerary for us during our three-day stay. Her name was Anne-Marie Barso. She was really lovely. She she drove us to the National Museum, which was founded in 1807 and is Denmark's largest museum of cultural history. It's got about 10 million objects in its keep. So, yeah, it'll take you a while. That's a few. Yeah, take you a while to see them all. Uh, not all of them, of course, are on display at any one time. And we were given this private guided tour, which was wonderful. The main building is an 18th century classical mansion. It's been expanded since the 18th century. First stop was a section devoted to prehistoric times where we saw a fully preserved skeleton of a far larger than usual bull, B-U-L-L, dated back 10,000 years. And there was also a moose skeleton of similar vintage. Now, one of the most remarkable exhibits, though, this per the perfectly preserved hair and clothing of a 16-year-old girl who died thousands of years ago. I mean, I, that's extraordinary. That's a bit freaky. Yeah, really, really strange. There's also an 18-year-old girl's fully preserved skull, including teeth, from a similar period. Okay. I mean, well, you know, I mean, it's fascinating. It, it, even though you might call it ghoulish, I just thought it was intriguing. A, a temporary exhibition that could have drawn howls of protest but, but hadn't was one devoted to fur. And the reason it hadn't is that the museum had gone out of its way to present all sides of the fur debate, from those that oppose its use for clothing to those that say bring it on and everybody in between. And there were video vignettes from a number of these people had been recorded, right, giving mm -hmm. their views of fur. That They were part of the exhibition, which was interactive. I think that's a great idea because you can offend everybody or offend nobody. <laughs> And, and you can offend all of the people all of the time or some of the people some of the time, something like or that. Or some of the people all the time. Yeah. And, and you get yeah. the chance to choose which side of the debate you're on and you can choose between faux fur products and the real thing. I mean, it's really a great way of doing something. So, And then you get to put yourself on the catwalk or in the midst of a street rally or several other scenes and you can post your image on Instagram. Isn't that great? What was the, what was the line I once heard of from an anti-fur protester? So there, there used to be a dumb animal inside that jacket. There still is. Very good. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, I like that very much. <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm anti-fur. It was just one of those, no, no, those no. lines stuck in my head. Well, I'm, I'm pleased it did, and I'm pleased you've shared it with us. My life's now complete. Now, this is the National Museum that I'm talking about, and really it was a great exhibition. And, by the way, your feedback about the exhibition in was sort of is encouraged or was encouraged because that exhibition is now passed and emailing remarks will be retained for future use by the museum. So 
I mean, there are also splendid far-ranging displays of fur clothing as it exists now and in days gone by, also as used by Nordic natives down through the ages. It was really brilliantly done, quite fascinating. So obviously the National Museum is a place that you should visit, even if the fur exhibition is no longer on. And we then had a special lunch at the museum's restaurant called Julian, operated by Master Chef Jesper Mueller for the past 15 years. And the restaurant prides itself on turning out low-carbon footprint meals. I kid you not. I think it's a good notion. I mean... That's a real growth area. Isn't it? That is a massive growth area in food these days. Well, they only use local seasonal produce and, believe it or not, their menu reflects the exhibitions that are on the museum at any given time. Isn't that clever? Right? I mean, quite remarkable. So, okay, they had an when they had a Viking exhibition, the food and spices the Vikings used were also in use in the restaurant, in the in the restaurant Julian Kitchen. Isn't that good? It is. So, I mean, you can go to the exhibition, see what it's all about, and eat the food at the time. So a lot of time and effort. I mean, you can just imagine how much research goes into that, and the menu obviously changes as the exhibits change. Hmm. So... By the way, a brilliant way to see Copenhagen first up is by taking a canal tour or canal tour. As opposed to the hop-on, hop-off bus. Yes, well, you can do both. But, I mean, mm. this was we did that with canal tours Copenhagen, right? We, we went and did the canal tour. Hop-on, hop hop-off canal boat. Well, yeah, I, I'm not... Yeah, just you just make sure it stops. Yeah, I was going to say, I, yes, that's true. Yeah. But canal tours Copenhagen... Hey, I'm full of good advice today. You are. And, and there's an audio guide in your ear... And you've ferried past many of Copenhagen's major attractions. So there's the opera. What were you? Sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, again. Please do. Actually, I'm not really. The the audio tour thing. Yeah. I'm curious here now. In somewhere like Copenhagen, yes, where English not necessarily the 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 local language. I can understand that. But do you find that they're starting to appear in in too many places? But I, I suppose the way I look at it, you you've got a limited amount of time. And you yeah. want to see and hear all there is that you can do it, cram into a few days, which is what we had, three full days here. And this is a great way of getting some facts and figures. I think the more quirky it is, the better it is, because if it's too straight, people switch off. And so in, in America, mm -hmm. uh, we went to many places, many, many attractions, and we'll get to those down the track, but... One of them was Alcatraz, and we were talking yes. to some friends about it last night, and Alcatraz, that's how they do the tour, with this self-guided audio tour. And I just thought, compared to, say, the Fremantle Jail, I don't know if you've ever done the Fremantle Jail no, in, in Perth, where it is a real living, breathing human being doing the tour, right. I just found that the, the Alcatraz experience suffered a little by comparison. Right. I was just curious about, about your thoughts well, on point that. Point taken. I, look, I, I think it depends on how it's done. I, f I found this extremely instructive, the Canal Tours Copenhagen version. I, I really do. I like having a live human being, no question about that at all, guiding you and you can ask questions, et cetera, et cetera. At times, I suppose, well, the, co the cost for one thing, that may escalate. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think, again, in somewhere like Denmark, where, like I said, English is not necessarily the first language or even the second or third language because... Uh, I think you'd probably have uh, Danish, German, and something else would probably be ahead of uh, ahead of English there. So I can understand it there, but I was just curious about it as as, as a concept well, overall. And I'm sorry to not at all. No, well, I remember going to Rome and and going to the Colosseum, and we had a 
human being guiding us and we could ask questions. I thought that was terrific because, I mean, you're there and, again, it can be a little bit um, sterile if you haven't, you, you can't do the feedback thing. I, I didn't, I mean, because this was a one-hour tour and, we, I mean, we went past some really pretty special places. I mean, the Opera House, Amelienborg Palace, Christianborg Palace, the Black Diamond Library, oh, and, and the Little Mermaid, created in honour of Hans Christian Andersen. And that was the movie that featured the song Wonderful, Wonderful Copenhagen. Very good, very good. And, look, I thought it was a really great tour. I loved the water tour. It was a really great introduction to us to, to Copenhagen. Now, it is free if you buy a Copenhagen card, right, which gives you free... So what's a Copenhagen card? Well, you know how you get cards for a, a period of time, for a few days at a time, etc., etc. You, yeah. you can do that in most European cities. And it means that you, this one, the Copenhagen card gives you free admission to more than 70 museums and attractions, free, Gee, that's all right. free transport by train, bus and metro in the entire Copenhagen region, including from and to the airport, along with discounts on car hire and restaurants. So, I mean, it is really worthwhile if you go to these cities Google it. I mean, you know, that's probably the easiest way of doing it. I'm doing it now as I speak because I, I've found that really there's very few places that don't have something like that. And you can buy, I mean, here, the, the ad for it, and I'm just at copenhagencard.com, and, I mean, it, there's children under 10 are free, 73 museums and attractions, 24-hour card, 48-hour card, 72-hour card, 120-hour card, and I haven't even got there in any, any further detail. But it, it means that you can time your travel to what you want. And, I mean, to give you some idea, th these are current rates, okay? And I'm going to give it to mm -hmm. you in euros, so you're going to have to translate. Multiply it by, what, one and a half approximately. I'm thereabouts, thereabouts yeah. okay. Might change a bit following the Brexit, but anyway. Yeah, well, it might. That's quite true. So, all right. So, what shall we say? Uh, three days? Right? Yeah, okay. So, three days, it's per person in Australian dollars, in round terms, about 120 bucks. Now, that's, that's pretty good value. I reckon that is too. I reckon that's really yeah. because you, you think about the number of places that you're going to go and see if you're going to capitalise on it. As I say, 73 museums and attractions alone, free public transport, all of that sort of stuff. I mean, it, it, it's free admission to these museums and attractions. Now, if you, you know, that that's brilliant. It's really good value. So I would highly recommend it. And, and also, as I say, discounts on car hire and restaurants as well. So, you know, it was, it was most worthwhile doing. Now, the, the following day, and I'm, we might actually we might leave this till the next podcast because I've got quite a bit to say about it. We, we caught a local train to the Central Railway Station and a regional train to a place called Odense, O-D-E-N-S-E, which is about 140 kilometres and an hour and a half away. And Odense is Denmark's third largest and one of its most picturesque cities and really charming. About oh, a couple of hundred thousand people live there. So... It's best known for being the birthplace of Hans Christian Andersen. So he keeps cropping he up. Does, he does, and there's a lot more to say about him. So if you don't mind, we might sort of pick that up next next podcast, next time we do travel first, and then perhaps head back to Copenhagen after that and uh, and finish off 
with more commentary about one of the great cities in the world. Indeed, indeed. And uh, we, we, as, as you may be aware, we do a movies podcast called Movies First with a, a few editions of that uh, lined up to, to catch up. We also have uh, coming up in future weeks here on Travel First, uh, more looking at the uh, some of the, the particular tourist attractions in, in the Los Angeles area that I've been to and uh, in California. We'll get to those in a future edition as well. Busy times on the old podcasting front at the moment. Absolutely. And, and next time I'll also talk to you about the latest concept, a a red three-wheeler taxi that you could actually pick up. It's that light, runs solely on electric power. And the amazing thing about it is that a guy driving one of the most expensive cars in the world watched me sitting in this three-wheeler taxi. He was so intrigued, he followed the taxi and basically hailed it down just to find out what I was actually sitting in. This was a guy driving, you know, we're, we're talking about a really expensive car. I thought, you know, I'd made it when this guy in a million-dollar vehicle hails down a cab that would have gone for three and sixpence. I'll tell you more about that on next issue of Travel First. I thought that was an everyday experience for you with autograph hunters. But anyway, Alex First, we'll talk to you again. Good on you, Christopher. Chris Coleman and Alex First signing off. You've been listening to Travel First. For more, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to the full podcast at Audioboom, Stitcher and iTunes or your favourite podcast distributor. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com. From Audioboom comes Covert, a new podcast that delves into the murky world of spies, soldiers, and top-secret military operations. I'm Jamie Rennell, and together we'll discover the real stories of history's greatest classified missions, told by the operatives, soldiers, and journalists who experienced it firsthand. Follow Covert on Spotify, or subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorite shows.